Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, how are you? I'm good. It's been a very long day. Mm-hmm. Got up at six o'clock this morning. Oh my god. Why? F- fucking early. Uh, I went on a little walk this morning. It was good. It was a nice walk. It's been a long day, productive day. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired a little. Emily is tired too. <laughs> this should be a great episode. <laughs> No, I actually am very excited for today's episode, though. You know, it's, me too. It's, it's, it's a really good story. And it's good to see you um, in a little screen box. A little screen. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird Still that that's our life Zoom. now? Just little virtual Lenas dancing through my mind every day. <laughs> Where's Daisy? She's sleeping. My cat. <gasps> Daisy is her cat, not her daughter. Daisy is her cat. And my daughter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And fully my daughter. <laughs> she's good. And she's always good because she's always meowing, like literally right seconds before we press record. And then she just goes to sleep. So I'm really proud of her. I don't know. She's she's <laughs> here to support. Yeah. She's really <laughs> out here to support. Also, I read online that um, shelters and various pet agencies or adopteries, whatever you call them, mm-hmm. um, they basically have been running out of dogs. Um, because so mm. many people in quarantine have been adopting dogs. So wow. I guess that's a good thing. That's good. But you know what I think about is what happens when people go back to like Yeah. And then work. they realize they can't have a dog. Yeah. It's a very good question. But I also think that we won't be back for another year. So. True. 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 There's there's time to, I guess, get adjusted to a dog. I don't know. Yeah. Or at least it won't be like or a needy little it. puppy. Get into it. Yeah. Get, in, get into it. I would love a dog. No, I mean, Daisy's basically a dog, so. Daisy's is also Katy Perry's new single. Stream Daisy's. <laughs> Stream it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what theater are we doing today? Oh, no, wait. What are we? Wait, screw that. What are we drinking? <laughs> <laughs> we are drinking. I'm drinking a Pinot Noir. Um, I'm drinking the same thing as I was last episode. Um, <laughs> and that is... Uh, you, mean, you, mean, you mean you didn't drink the whole bottle by yourself I, that night? No. Shameful. <laughs> no, it's good. It's important to um, <laughs> moderate in these times. Yeah, so I'm drinking out of a, a little wine glass my sister bought me. And look what it says. It's so appropriate for the episode and the show. Cute. It says ghouls night out. <laughs> With little spider webs at the top. It's so cute. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. Oh, Okay. Well, should we get into it? Mm-hmm. Let's do okay, it. Okay, let's get into it. Um, today's episode, as you know from the description, is regarding the New Amsterdam Theater mm-hmm. on the Broadway. Woo-woo. So to begin with the history of the New Amsterdam Theater, it is the current home of Aladdin on Broadway and has been with Disney theatrics for a hot minute. Lena, have you been there? I have you seen Lion King? Because Lion King no. was there before uh, Aladdin. N- no. I haven't no. seen. I saw not on Broadway. I saw the tour. Oh, I in Tucson, in Arizona. I saw it in London. Ooh, fancy. It was very pants. weird to see London accents on that, but it was great. Oh yeah, it was great. that was funny. <laughs> it was just very different. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah. Okay, so neither of us have been here, but I would no. love to go. I don't think so. I mean, unless is that then the Lion King was there for like ever, right? Yeah. So it literally, it literally basically was just Lion yeah. King. Yeah. Then I haven't. And, no. Uh, okay. Well, there we go. So I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, please. Do you know? Was, wait, side note. Do you know if yeah. Aladdin is like coming back? Because of like, because everything's shut down. Okay, I think, I don't Broadway think so. is anticipating coming back in the early new year. Now, when it comes to like 
what the virus is going to do in winter. I think that that will probably be delayed again. My guess is that since Disney pulled the plug on Frozen, they're focusing like Disney theatrics money into Aladdin instead. Mm. That's my guess, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. like maybe they just wanted, didn't want to have two. I mean, because having a show on Broadway right now is a is riskier than ever. So I think they probably just wanted to take <laughs> like, you know, mitigate some of the, like ri- a... the risk. Yeah. Mitigate yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the risk and uh, take off Frozen and keep Aladdin. Yeah. But I don't work for Disney and I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, the theater, the new Amsterdam theater, it was built in 1903 on the 42nd Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is the oldest continuing operating theater in New York City. Now, from 1913 to 1927, the famous Ziegfeld Follies show held residency at the theater. Included in the cast of the show as one of the Follies girls was actress Olive Thomas. Mm -hmm. Olive was in the Follies from 1915 to 1920 and basically became the poster child for the Follies because she was like the most iconic person in the world. She was gorgeous with a bombshell personality to match. She was funny, charming, like strong-willed mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. super tough like she was everything you dream about like a badass flapper girl right uh-huh right okay i love it and olive also a great name we stand olive and it's for our listeners i know we usually focus on the theater's history at the top of our episodes but one olive is dope and two olive is synonymous with the new amsterdam so we're going to focus mm-hmm. on olive for a little bit Anyways, she married actor Jack Pickford in October of 1916 after a rumored rumored affair with mm. Mr. Ziegfeld himself, oh. who I think I told you this, but I'm going to say it again. I didn't know this. Mr. Ziegfeld was married to Billy Burke, who oh, played yeah. Glinda in The Wizard of Oz. Wow. And if that's not going to win you some extra points at trivia, I do not know what will. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Just like, who is Billy Burke? Yeah, well, she's a queen, but no, I know. We love who are we to not know her name, I think, is, is more the question. <laughs> um, so her now married relationship with Jack, Jack Pickford, was said to be pretty tumultuous slash probably toxic. And mm. in 1920, they decided to take a second honeymoon in Paris. Late one night. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just good for them. <laughs> Late one night slash early morning in Paris, Olive and Jack came home after a night on the town. They were both drunk and Olive couldn't sleep, so she went to the bathroom to find a quote-unquote sleeping solution. But what she actually ended up drinking was a bottle of Jack's Mercury Bichloride. Oh, that doesn't... <laughs> what is that? Uh, it's That does not sound good. It's literally mercury. like liquid mercury. And it was actually... Okay, wait. Why this... did she just have that? It was for Jack Pickford's um, STD. Oh. Like he had an STD. And so this is like they use it as like... I think it was like ma- mainly topical like a topical cream for his STDs that he got from definitely not Olive. Oh my God. And she just drank it? Yeah. Because I don't know, medicine bottles, I guess, were just like mm, Mm -hmm. not labeled properly, I guess. I don't know. Dang. Anyway, so that's what happened. And the tragedy quickly became one of Broadway's first scandals. Was it really an accident? Was it murder? Suicide? The rumors flew as papers of the time described the couple (laughs) as the gayest, wildest brats who ever stirred the stardust of Broadway. (laughs) And I have to say, that's a direct quote. Literally, there is a quote in my research that has appeared multiple times. And it says that the couple was described as the gayest, wildest brats who ever stirred the stardust of Broadway. (laughs) Please call me and my husband that whenever I get married. (laughs) That is so iconic. I love that. All that sounds like it reminds me of like singing in the rain or something. 
Yeah. Like they have all those like yes. crazy titles, you know? Yes. Or um, like uh, headlines. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very that. <laughs> so funny. Um, after her death, her body was brought back to New York City where she was buried and her spirit might have come along with it, but we'll get more into that later. Mm. Now, switching gears back to the New Amsterdam. Once the Great Depression hit in 1929, the theater started to decline and really failed to gain any traction. It ended up sitting empty and deteriorating for 60 years. Oh, dang. Like just completely empty, falling to ruin. Like it's wild. 60 years. No one bought it that whole time? No. Well, yeah. It... Even after the Depression. Dang. I know. It's it's surprising, to yeah. say the least. Um, in 1993, though, Disney Theatrical Group signed a 99-year lease on the theater and refurbished it over two years. 99-year lease. <laughs> yeah, first of all, what? <laughs> first of all, I have to acknowledge that. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm so It's so annoying how often we stop, I'm sure. But I have to acknowledge that it's a 99-year lease. Yeah, that's wild. That is I wild. mean, it I, makes sense. I, I mean, I thought, honestly, before my research, I thought that Disney... Oh, I prepped today's script, by the way. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not clear. Um, anyway, so I thought Disney actually owned the New Amsterdam, but it turns out it's a 99-year mm. lease. Anyways, um, oh, I was going to say, if you look at pictures of the New Amsterdam before the renovation, it is rough. Like, it looks like the quintessential haunted theater. Yeah. Well, sitting there for 60 years... No, literally, it's Makes wild. Sense. And yeah, and on the New Amsterdam's website, they literally put a quote about like the history, and they say to describe the disarray that it was left in over over sixty years. They write, "This is from their website." They say, "quote The boxes on either side of her proscenium had been torn out. The ceiling had collapsed, and years of rain and snow had deposited over two feet of standing water in the basement. Mushrooms the size of dinner plates were growing <laughs> throughout the house." And once spectacular murals and sculptures were marred beyond recognition, it took a team of over 400 expert engineers, plasterers, painters, and technicians to restore the theater back to her original glory, end quote. Wow. Mushrooms the size of dinner plates. That's crazy. Can you imagine how Wait, bad when that was standing this? water smelled? Uh, 1993. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. I'm just like shocked that it, it was such an iconic theater was just sitting there for so long. Literally the house of like the Ziegfeld Follies. Yeah. How does that, like, how is that not, well, I was about to say like, how is that not like preserved by like the government? But then I remembered that the government doesn't really care about the arts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, so the theater finally reopened in 1997. And after the premiere of the Disney animated film Hercules, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. For all the Disney people out there, um, and a concert version of King David, Disney opened the stage version version of The Lion King that November, wow. and then it ran all the way up until Aladdin. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. So that's the vibe. That's the history of the New Amsterdam. It has a pretty cool history. Mm-hmm. I very much love that. So now onto the hauntings section of the New Amsterdam Theater. Obviously, all of Thomas is the talk of the town when it comes to the New Amsterdam and its apparitions. Around the time of the New Amsterdam's reopening, one of the guards working overnight noticed a figure standing on the darkened stage. In the beam of his flashlight, he caught the glint of a beaded dress, a green sash, and a headpiece worn all by a mysterious woman. The guard also claims that in her hands was a small blue bottle. As he stood there in shock, the apparition gave him a small smile, blew him a kiss, and walked slowly across the stage. Through a wall and onto 41st Street. 
Immediately after, the guard called, called both the VP of Disney Theatrical and the police, and after no signs of anyone else being in the building, he quit later that week. Oh, my gosh. Like, just left. He quit. Wait, so he, but he called people and no one did anything? Like, what was he? No one he did anything? He called the VP and the police. No, the police came. The police oh. came and looked, and they couldn't find anyone there. So, like, oh he's, he, he did ask, saw this woman. Like, I also love that, he, like, the story, the story goes, at least, that his the his flashlight caught the glint of a beaded dress of the beads i know like Mama. such a flapper such a, fla- a flapper also um i found out that olive thomas is responsible for sort of like the flapper girl image that we all have mm. she was the first person to play uh flapper girl in like silent movies oh okay yeah so she's like she's like with the, I like mean, short hair and the yeah and the this the t- style of dress and just like the attitude yeah. the demeanor like all that kind of stuff so sometime later, the VP of Disney Theatrical called the guard b- back into his office and he showed him some, some old photographs um, of the theater and of like performers at the theater. And the guard, without missing a beat, pointed directly at Olive Thomas, saying that she was the one that he saw that night. <gasps> Whoa. And and the VP and the VP, it's worth mentioning that the VP said in, said in an interview that he had no reason to believe that the guard would have known the building's history because the guard wasn't a theater person. So he showed him all the he showed the guards all these photos of like the old of like I don't know the olden times of the theater uh-huh, uh-huh. and the guard literally pointed at Olive and said that's that's the one and apparently he's not a theater person so how he was able to, to either guess that or and like what know, would he get know. out of it kind of unless it was like some elaborate mm-hmm. <laughs> like prank or something yeah no I, I yeah. <laughs> So another amazing story of Olive's hauntings takes place during the run of Disney's The Lion King. So you said you have seen The Lion King in Arizona? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, okay. in Tucson. Do you know how like the ma- the set's massive? Like it's like mm-hmm. a giant set with like a turntable and a staircase and everything. And like, yeah. it all turns around and stuff. So the set would malfunction and stop working at seemingly the most random of times. Uh, not only that, but the technicians were never able to pinpoint a reason as to why the set would break down. And eventually, what they realized is that the performances in which the set would malfunction were always, they were always preceded by a benefit in the theater the day before. So, like, let's say the set broke down on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. on a Tuesday night performance. That would mean that the theater lent itself to a benefit event the night before on Monday. So, anytime the set broke down, the preceding night would have been the uh-huh. set would have been used for like a benefit or something for like Broadway cares, equity fight aids type of organizations. Why? Well, I wonder why. Well, <laughs> the benefits always, <laughs> the benefits always invited the original follies performers who were still alive of the day. So they would always invite like any, any last remaining follies oh. were invited to come perform at the benefits at the theater. And it's believed that Olive would tamper with the sets at the Lion King performances at the performances following the benefits to assert herself as the Ziegfeld folly girl as like, so like like she's like a playful, jealous sort of like figure who's like, y'all might've had like all these living, (laughs) these uh, living people, these living follies (laughs) on the stage. But I hope, you know, I am the folly. Wow. Keeping her throne. Yeah. 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 So whatever people believe about Olive's presence or lack of presence in the theater, the new Amsterdam now keeps Olive happy by displaying her photo by every entrance and exit in the building. And at the end of the night, every night, employees and performers blow Olive kisses goodnight on their way out, which oh, is so cute. That's cute. Yeah. So, so cute. Um, there are two other like 
ghost stories, but I'll save those because they're like not confirmed as being Olive or not. So we'll wrap it up mm. on Olive. Did you have any, do, do we want to talk about Olive? Because okay, well, I, have a I want a tattoo of Olive at this did, point. But okay, but did Olive, this goes back to my forever question about like ghost laws. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost um, rule book. Yeah, ghost rules. Because um, did Olive die at the theater? No, she, so right, right. She died in Paris. Then they brought her there. They brought her body back to New York City, but they didn't like bury it at the theater or like spread her yeah. ashes at the theater or anything. Right. I mean, my, because my, you know what I mean. Like, because if yeah. we're going like pure like American horror story, Ryan Murphy, <laughs> <laughs> ghost the rules. rules of the murder house. <laughs> yeah, like only ghosts who die there are there. Yes, I will say my personal point of view on it is that like I don't think you get to choose when you where you die I mean I don't know well first of all you should definitely not get to choose where <laughs> yeah, you die correct. but I don't think you get to ju- choose where, where you, you haunt. haunt yeah where you haunt I don't think I don't think you get to like mm, you're you know. just placed there I think well no I think I think what this would be would be more of like a residual haunting of like I think all have lived some of her best days at the theater maybe some of her worst but like mm. what she did was perform and she did that there for five years, or I don't remember how many years, but she did it for a long time. It mm-hmm, was her life. Mm-hmm. It was her passion. So, like, mm-hmm. I think there's, like, enough energy there for, like, residual hauntings just because, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, her spot. You know what I mean? More yeah, than, right, like, right. her Airbnb in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'd say about that. Yeah, I think I agree. <laughs> you don't have to. No, I mean, I just, who knows? <laughs> who knows? We don't. <laughs> um, okay. So two other quick fun stories that may or may not be related to Olive are, one, someone reportedly seeing a woman's heels and stockings descending a staircase in the theater, but the apparitions, the apparition stopped at the knees. So it was just like, it's just like two little oh. ghost legs with shoes on, <laughs> which is like funny. funny. It's kind of cute. Oh my god! What if it's Billy Burke? Who's Billy Burke? Oh my god! I did it again. We should know. Yeah. Billy Burke. Billy Burke. Billy because Burke. Billy Burke. Billy Burke. I'm gonna lose trivia. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> At Cat Zucaitis. Yeah, we go to Lena and I go to trivia every week and virtual trivia. Virtual trivia. It's like a double date thing with our partners, and it's not very. It's, we lose every time, but we have fun <laughs> doing it. <laughs> Anyway, you know what I mean? Like Wizard of Oz. Wait, what about Wizard of Oz? Because oh my god, like I'm just her getting shoes. like okay, leg yes. shoe imagery. Yeah. Honestly, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is Billy Burke. But she's not maybe. the one that got the house on her. So. No, but do you know how she died? In real life. Yeah. No. But just saying. Oh. oh. <laughs> You're gonna tell me. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. I, I guess. I guess I'm. I guess I'm. Um. I guess I'm. <laughs> Maybe she got a house dropped on her. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the New Amsterdam <laughs> fell on her. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to hell. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay, another really fun apparition story. Okay. One night during the New Amsterdam's run of Mary Poppins, a patron told an usher how fabulous it was that the production had characters from the show helping patrons out around the theater. Mm. But the gag is, is that they didn't have characters in costumes helping people around the theater. So basically, the ghost of a woman in period clothing was literally helping this woman find her seat, which is absolutely banana town. Yeah, I love that. And I love stories of when people are like, I love this and this and this. And people are like, (laughs) that wasn't there. 
that, no one was there. <laughs> that is literally my. Those are those are always the best kinds of stories. Yeah. The best kinds of yeah. stories. Can you imagine being the usher? I no. would be shook. Oh I would God. quit my job. No, I'd probably keep working there. Yeah. Um, that's so good though. That is so good. That is such a good story. <laughs> so I have a question for you. If you were the patron telling the usher that you like love the actors in period clothing helping you find your seat. Would you want to be told that you were wrong and that it was probably a ghost? Or would you be uncomfortable as a patron? Yeah, no. I mean, I would want to know because I like knowing things. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I would want... <laughs> yeah, you're a curious person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, if, I feel like if I was the usher, I wouldn't. Yeah, I Just would... Just from, like, a job perspective. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would honestly... you're talking to, like... It's true. It's yeah. true. And they could, they could really hate that idea and hate ghosts. Yeah, or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that concludes the hauntings section. And now it is time to get into our what <laughs> into our bonus content, which I have titled this week as superstition supplement. Time to learn about superstition supplement. Have you taken your superstitions today? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the dread in your laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, okay, so today's superstition, I decided to focus on break a leg versus good luck. I just feel like it's something that everyone like talks about, you know, but no one ever necessarily mm, knows mm-hmm. the history behind it. But, but people everyone... get mad sometimes. People are like, good luck. I think you mean break a leg. It's <laughs> bad luck to say good luck. <laughs> or or on the other side of that, people will be like, oh, good luck tonight. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> It's honestly really silly. I don't care what you wish me. Just don't curse me. <gasps> Should that be a sticker? I don't care I don't... what you wish me. Just don't, <laughs> just curse, don't me. curse me. Is that, it sounds like the Hex Girls, like that vampire band in Scooby-Doo, the witch band in Scooby-Doo. It, feels like a, it sounds like a song they would sing. I don't know them. I don't know you anymore. How do you not know the Hex Girls? I just never. I wasn't, like, sorry to say, I wasn't a Scooby-Doo gal. Okay, you're going to get some hate mail. <laughs> Good thing we don't have our P.O. box set up yet. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to moving on to what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, break a leg versus good luck. So um, for those who don't know, I, I'm realizing now I'm probably just blanketing that everyone knows what it means, like the superstition itself. But um, it is generally considered bad luck to wish an actor good luck. And it's considered good luck to tell an actor to break a leg. So the first and probably most grounded in reality explanation is that break a leg is a reference to taking a bow. The phrase, may you break your leg, was a way of wishing an actor for such an outstanding performance that the audience goes wild and they are left bending at the knee or bowing over and over. So that's like an obvious one. Had you heard that one? No, no. I haven't heard that one. I've heard a different one. I heard a different one, but then I realized you might cover it, so I... Okay, well, I'll let you throw that. I'll, I'll let you uh, throw that in there once we get to the end of the list. Um, another more realistic reasoning uh, has to do with the leg line of stages. In this theory, breaking a leg means breaking the edge of the stage beyond the vantage points of the audience. So basically, going from not being seen to breaking onto the stage and performing. Oh. Had you heard that one? N- no. Oh, swing and a miss. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to one you have heard. I, yeah. yeah. I <laughs> um, so 
A whimsical little historical fiction moment for you relates the phase to John Wilkes Booth in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in 1865. As the story goes, after Booth shot Lincoln from the stage left opera box of the Ford Theater in Washington, D.C., he leapt to the stage below and reportedly broke his leg. So this is what I don't get. I guess people conflate the two and I can see why. But I'm first of all, I'm not sure how they relate. Yeah. Because why would you want... Why would Seems I bad. wish you as a yeah? Why would I wish you as a performer that like an assassin comes into the theater and breaks the leg on, <laughs> on your stage on your stage during your show <laughs> during your like yeah exactly during your sh- your performance for the president? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that, and then there's also the fact that John Wilkes Booth is known to be like a liar and a total like drama king, like. Like yeah, just well, like right. We don't like him, right? We really don't. And he he would like write in his little. He would write. I don't want to be pejorative against diaries. I love diaries. I love journals. Mm-hmm. But he would write in his little diary, <laughs> and he would like, and he would write like these like sort of like grandiose tellings of his life, right? And make him sound like he was actually kind of cool, which he probably wasn't. Um. Anyway, and so it's thought that he probably didn't even break his leg. Like that's like also like not confirmed. Like he could have not broken his leg and just wrote about it in his diaries. Oh. Okay, so now for my personal favorite theory. It is a supernatural one. Mm -hmm. And the theory goes that in order to trick the trickster spirits and meddling gods, it is thought that wishing bad luck will invoke good luck, whereas if you're to wish good luck, the spirits would mess around and make sure that the opposite happens. So instead, we just Mm. wish broken bones. So I don't know. It's like jinxing it. Yeah, I also just, for me, this one feels the most, like, valid I feel like this one yeah. is the most realistic because of how superstitious theater people are. But yeah, uh, yeah, right, right, right. But also bowing makes sense too. <laughs> um, one theory I heard, and I don't remember where I heard this, but that the curtains used to have like wooden leg pieces and that like you would say break a leg because if your show is so good, the curtain would like keep coming up and down for your like oh, bows. That's, oh, I love that. But I also that. like what... Who is like bringing the curtain up and down? Just leave it up. But I, but <laughs> period. Um, that's what I heard. That's actually a really good one. I love that a lot. I mean, it reminds me of the the leg line of the stage. But that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Another fun one is that the days of ancient is takes place in the days of ancient Greek theater. And back then, the audience would show their appreciation by stomping their feet. So some people oh. say that it's thought, like that it was thought that if an actor gave a good enough performance, the audience would stomp so much that they would break their legs. I mean, oh you God, look excited. I don't know terrifying. how real this one is. No, that yeah. is so. Can you imagine, like, just people no. like, falling down in front of you as a, like you're on stage? And, like, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I know. Theater popped off in a different way back then, but there's no way people were breaking their legs in the audience over it. Mm-mm. Right? No. No, no, no. Okay. But, okay, so similarly, but a little more practically, uh, apparently in Elizabethan England, chair stomping was a way to show appreciation for an actor's performance. So it's thought that, like, if they stomped their chairs hard and long enough that the leg of their chair would break. Yeah, that makes sense. I love that one. Yeah. That one's great. Um, I also, (laughs) I didn't really put this in my show notes, but I just have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I watched a YouTube video. And this one, this one person claims that break a leg comes from Elizabethan, um, it comes from Elizabethan England, and it is thought that the groundlings that would be around the front of the stage and like the pit of the theater mm-hmm. would be so enthralled by your performance that they would be like 
sweating or crying or drooling enough to create like a pool of water at the stage to the point where the actor would slip and fall and break his leg or her leg. (laughs) And that is, (laughs) I laughed so hard because it's the most absurd thing. All the comments on that YouTube video dragged it to hell and back and rightfully so. They were, this person literally like posited that break a leg comes from people drooling, sweating and crying onto a stage, making an actor fall and break their leg. I, that is, it's creative. <laughs> it's creative. I'll give them that. Wait, that's so funny. Can you imagine? I'm not Harry Styles. Only Harry Styles could do that. <laughs> Let's make it clear. Only Harry Styles could do that. <laughs> Watermelon sugar. Oh. <gasps> Harry. <laughs> Harry, no. <laughs> so I think that just about wraps up the whole superstition supplement of the week. Break a leg versus good luck. Do you have any thoughts on any of these theories? What are your favorites? What do you think is the most uh, applicable reasoning behind that superstition? I feel like one of one of them that's like a practical thing, like that, like the like the legs used to break of like or the chair Mm -hmm. stomping or like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something Mm -hmm. that like uh, something used to break. So like, oh, if you do. What about what about bowing? Do you think the bowing is a practical yeah. mm-hmm. explanation? Mm-hmm. I guess I, I'm I'm down with any of them except for the ones like like this like <laughs> slipping on the sweat or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why that didn't make the official show notes, but I had to re- I had to mention it. Um, I so what do you think about the superstitious superstitious one about just invoking oh, like the yeah. opposite and like tricking the trickster spirits? Yeah, that, actually, you're right. That makes total sense because of how superstitious theater is in general. And like, you yeah. can't say certain things in theaters and like... Honestly, one day, I think we've talked about this, but I really do think that one day we should just do like an episode on why theater is so superstitious yeah. or like the connection of like theater and theology and therapy and you know what I mean? Like just kind of yeah. get to like get a little bit nerdy with it because I think it is very interesting That's that so interesting. theater... Yeah theater folks are so um, superstitious. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that just about wraps us up. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and feel free to check out other CTC podcasts as well. And if you would like to further support our podcast, please rate us and leave a review on whichever listening platform you use. Excuse me. (laughs) It really helps a ton. (laughs) Um, Not only with content that we create, but it also helps the podcast out in the charts. Finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram at GhostLightCTC. And should you have any spooky stories that you would like to share, theater-related or not, feel free to send them our way to GhostLightCTC at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. And don't forget to leave the light on. Ooh.